And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Wednesday, July 19th. Uh, and surprisingly, there's still Celtics content. There's we Every time we go to record, I'm worried that we're going to have nothing to talk about. But somehow, whoever makes the show sheet, me or Sam, we always look at it and there's like, wow, there's actually some still Celtics talking points. We're going to run into a point this summer where we're making stuff up. But for now, we still have some actual news. Is it news? Topics. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, is it didn't even take me that long today because you were on. Yeah. Bed, so I was just like hanging out. Yeah. I was like, let me do some of this. And a lot of it just jumps right out at you if you know where to look. So it's we're good. here. We've got news for you before we Finally. get going. Just a reminder, not a lot going on this summer. If you're looking to go out to an event, sporting event, whatever it may be, use Geek. use promo code HBTC to save $20 on your first purchase. We always have it on the bottom scroll, but we figured we would give you a little bit of a, uh, you know, verbal little, reminder. Push. little reminder. Yeah. And especially for those in the listening platforms, too. But, yeah, make sure to use code HPTC. Uh, remember, what, what was it? Code Sam LaFrance for a while? Wasn't it just your yeah, name? It was, yeah, it was like my <laughs> name. And I was like, no, please, I don't want it to be my name. That was funny. Uh, that was funny. Anyways, we do, like we said, we do have Celtics news to talk about. The first of which is a little tidbit about head coach Joe Mazzula, who ran into... I would say a fair amount of criticism this season from Celtics fans in the general. Yeah, he was only on the world. guillotine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, the report from who was this? Brian Windhorst saying that uh, I'll read the quote quickly. At the end of the season, there were a lot of people who thought Joe Mazzulla was in some level of trouble to the point where Brad Stevens needed to say in his press conference that Mazzulla is coming back. Not only was Mazzulla never in trouble, Brad Stevens' biggest move as the president of the team has been to lean more uh, lean into more of the way Missoula wants to play, which is high volume three point shooting offense over defense. I like the first part. Don't love the second part. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny that Brad Stevens is not only fine with Missoula, but he's all in on Missoula and his ideology of shooting a zillion threes. Yeah. And you've kind of seen some moves that are in favor of that. I guess mm -hmm. you could really first and foremost port point to Porzingis. Yeah, shoots threes, is real he tall, does. and he good can help stretch offense. the floor. And it's a good addition. Make no mistake, this he's is a good a, defender too. So yeah, but it's weird. even bringing I, in guys off the bench like Brissett. He's not the most uh -huh. consistent three point shooter, but we've seen him go off before. We we were yeah victimized as fans that day when he had twenty seven <laughs> points against the Celtics. Uh -huh. They keep it in mind. Yeah, this isn't technically news because again. Like Wendy says, Stevens came out and was like, yeah, this guy's fine. But we didn't realize yeah. how all in Brad Stevens is. Yeah. And the people who thought Joe Mazzullo was actually going to be fired. I mean, like, I know that was a topic of discussion. Like we I think we thought he might get fired if they got swept. I, I don't think we thought at least me. I didn't think it was an actual possibility. I think we discussed whether or not we thought he should. And I think after games three and seven. There were some like, maybe you think about it, but it, like in hindsight, he was never going to get fired after his first season with the team, especially considering as much as it was a disappointment to fans to take a quote unquote, like, or not, there's no, nothing quote unquote about it, like to take a step back, like they still made the Eastern Conference finals. Like it's not like, let's not act like this season was a complete disaster, right? They obviously did not win the Felt finals, like which is, I know exactly, but it, as fans and as people who cover the team, like after they made the finals and after how solid they were to start the regular season, like 
this was a, a championship team and that was the goal. And if they didn't reach that, the season was going to be a disappointment, but they didn't miss the playoffs, right? Like it's not, it's not like they, they completely failed. It's not like they had a terrible season. It just didn't reach the goal that the team wanted or that the fan base set for themselves. Um, and also, and we talked about the sense, it's not like Joe Mazzulla was exactly placed in the easiest position, right? Like he was no. kind of just, he, he was taken to the top of the volcano and dumped in and said, climb your way back out. Like that's kind of what happened to Joe Mazzulla. Did you just come up with that off the top of your head? I've never heard that before. I did. I thought of, uh, you seen Finding oh. Nemo, you know, when they make them uh, in, in I've the seen the thing. movie. I haven't seen it forever. This, this isn't exactly like the same thing, but in Finding Nemo, Nemo gets taken obviously to the dentist office where he is in the fish tank and yes. they have... They have the the volcano in the fish tank, and it is a big mm. deal to or I don't know if it's a volcano or you like go over the the what is the filter, but it's like a volcano in their eyes. And I okay. just thought of like how that was their initiation process, like rather than initiation. <laughs> okay, yes. yeah, yeah. Rather than initiation, they were just like, Joe Mazzula, here you go. Dump in the volcano. <laughs> climb your way out. The floor is lava. Don't touch anything. And he as much as it wasn't perfect. They made the Eastern Conference Finals with a brand new head coach after having to deal with that before training camp, like the days before training camp. So I credit Joe Mazzulla for that. Do I agree with offense over defense? No, but I'll say this. Obviously, defense wins championships. That's something we heard. KD disagrees with that. I don't know if you saw that tweet. Have you seen KD's tweet? KD, one of the most successful players ever, uh, not with the Warriors. Yeah, I know, but he someone said something along the lines of defense wins championship, and he goes, "No, offense wins championships." Uh, and there was like a small debate, and I, I do still think defense is the most important thing to winning a championship. But at the same time, I do think in today's NBA, where it is arguably as hard as it's ever been to get consistent stops, like teams on offense are just better than they ever have been. Like there's so much talent in the NBA that you, it's going to be hard to get stops. Points scoring is up, whatever. At some point, like putting all of your efforts into the defensive end is only going to pay off so much when the talent on the other side is so good versus saying, okay, we have a great defensive roster. Let's focus a lot on the way we play an offense. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, it's not like the Celtics have a bad defensive team. They have the pieces to play good defense and they should still be focusing there as Malcolm Brogdon pointed out. But like, I do at least while I don't agree with the fact of going all in on offense or defense, I do understand the idea of let's have one of the best offenses and also like a defense that can turn up. Now, the problem with that is it actually has to be good in the playoffs when it matters, which was the problem last that's, year. That's but like, exactly what I was about to say. I get the ideology. You just got to put it into effect better. Yes. So if you're going to focus everything on offense, like Jack said, I should be able to watch a playoff game and not sweat if they need to score a basket. And also, also it should go the other way where they should have to get a stop at the end of a game, and I should not sit there thinking, and rightfully so thinking, that there's no chance they're going to be able to stop player X. They're going to lose this game. Off the top of my head, you can point to game five against Atlanta where they failed to get a stop and Trey Young hits a three against them. You can point to game one against Philly where Harden does the exact same thing, and then game four against Philly where they had a chance to take the series by the balls and gave up a free Harden three to give them the lead or tie it and send it to overtime. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was still a situation where regardless of how the offense looked that day, they had a chance to win the game on the defensive end. And they couldn't do it. So I need to be able to have faith in them. If I think they can compete for a title, like they should have last year, mm -hmm. that they can actually get a stop when it matters because we haven't seen that. 
It was not a staple in this team this season. Defense is what made them a force in the 2022 season as they made their run to the playoffs, uh, the playoffs, the finals, when the season was dead in January. And then they mm-hmm. turned around because they played defense. That's what the focus should be because defense is something that's always in your control. You can control how hard you play. You can control how you hit the glass. Can you always control if guys are going to make shots? No, you can't. These guys are all world players. Of course, they're going to make difficult shots, but you can, that's more controllable than are all of my three. Am I going to be able to hit 40% of my threes today? Which was a measuring stick throughout the end of last season. I think that specific point, yes. But I, I do think offense is also very controllable. It's just the experience we've had. The Celtics weren't very good at controlling it because they don't well, not into patient. these. Exactly. And that's the problem. That's the stuff you have to control. Like use the Nuggets as an example, right? The Nuggets, I, I'll check what they were in the regular season too. The Nuggets weren't like an elite defensive team as far as I know. Like, I think they were a solid defensive team. Like, in the regular season, their defensive rating ranked 15th in the NBA. They were fine. They were literally average. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then in the playoffs, they were the – let's take a look here. Playoffs, defensive rating. They were the fourth best defense at 110.2. The only team's better, the Cavs, the and the Grizzlies. Right? And and there is some – variance to that because the teams above them are the Cavs who only played one series or the Grizzlies who only played one series and the teams they played weren't exactly the best offensive teams you know what I'm saying so there Mm. is some stuff to that but I think there's something to be said about saying let's rely on our offense to get us through the regular season but make sure our defense is good enough where the offense can still be good in the playoffs but the defense also steps up and I, I I do think I think the point you said about defense being controllable is true from the effort perspective, but I think it's less controllable when you consider how talented the league is on offense. I think offense is more controllable, not in the sense of obviously you can't control if the shots get to always go in, but you control it. You can control if you play offense the right way. Like you can control if you play defense the right way, the Celtics were just not very good at doing either of those things in the playoffs, right? Like you can always control if the ball moves well enough. You can always control if you don't dive into these one-on-one situations, the Celtics loves, you can always control if you're getting the best shot versus, you know, settling for good shots, right? Those are things on offense. You can control. If the shot doesn't go in, then you have to control to find other ways to find offense, right? You can control which when they you don't switch do. that gear. Exactly. And that's the problem. I don't think the problem is, and again, I, I don't subscribe to the whole, you know, screw defense, focus on offense thing. I'm just saying, I, I do think offense is controllable. I just don't think the Celtics did a very good job at that last season. Yeah, no, the best thing about the Celtics is they just would melt if the ball wasn't going in from three. <laughs> Yep. And you couldn't depend on them on either side of the ball when the game got close. And I think so that, that's the number that. one problem. If you want to I be think... like, what's the issue with the Celtics? They still, and they traditionally have not been able to do this. Mm-hmm. Can't play games down the stretch. Hate it. No. And I think Porzingis will help with that offensive variation thing. Cause like we've talked Agreed. about, get the ball in the post, score in a different way, you know, make plays from the, uh, from the post. Something hopefully... they weren't getting from Horford, which was something they used to get from mm-hmm. Horford and it ruled. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I think it could happen. I feel like you'll see what's the opposite of regression to the mean progression to the mean. I think you'll see uh, a little bit of exceeding that exceeding expectations. No, I, oh, I think water Tatum, finding its level. I, yeah, I think, I think that's think, what you want to just say. I think water will find its level for Tatum's jump shot this year. He had a like ridiculously bad jump shooting season last year when through the rest of his career, he was a very good like 
uh, isolation, pullback, whatever you want to say, jump shooter, like on the move, right? He has historically been a great shooter in that realm, and he was terrible last year. I'm not saying he's going to be shooting 38, 40% like he did in years past, but I don't think he's going to shoot 33% again, right? And I'm not saying that's what the Celtics should be banking on, but I do think that will help with some of the variance there uh, in the offensive game. But as far as Joe Mazzulla's job security, he was never, I don't, he was never going to get fired. Like, even if we talked about it, like in hindsight, like he, he just, he wasn't going to get fired. I'm fine with Joe Mazzulla. I know we defended him for most of the season. Then obviously we were upset with yes, him by the end of the year. Blaming the coach's lazy point blank. Agree. Yes. Agree. And uh, in his slight defense, like we saw some crazy progression from him in three games at the end of that heat series, obviously too little too late, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you like saw the Celtics the went down 0-3 and Missoula started trying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. He wasn't going to get fired. I'm fine with him as the head coach. It, it, give him an off season, right? He he's never had an off season with this team. He was literally thrown into the fire. So and they brought in the give Avengers to hold his hold his hand too. So. This is also true. Which is if you uh, really don't believe in him. You are a winner too. <laughs> which is good. Glad to see that they got him some help. Uh, next thing we have is Twitter is is very very excited <laughs> for Robert Williams. Uh, we talked like for like um, less than a minute about his new jump shot, but yeah, Robert Williams has been it. in the gym. Mm-hmm. We did, but all the videos on Twitter and Instagram and everything show him in the gym shooting some threes. I'll lead with this question. Do you want Robert Williams taking jumpers next year? Uh, When the time's right, yes. Okay. I think if Rob Williams is able to consistently knock down a mid-range jumper, it makes him that much more dangerous as a a player as a whole, right? Mm. Because one of the big knocks on Rob Williams is, all he can give you on offense is dunks or shots like right next sure. to the rim. Sure. Even, you know, on the show sheet, I have shouldn't he be working on post moves? But that's like a real gripe people have is he's not creating any shots for himself down low where he has such a great touch. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's just allowing others to do it, and he's in the right spot when the ball finds him. If he's mm-hmm. able to make jump shots, he doesn't even have to learn to create for himself. All he has to do is be able to stand there, catch and shoot from 15 feet away, that's a great new weapon to add to his game. And it's going to space the floor just that much more for his teammates, Tatum Brown, maybe even Porzingis as they go inside, get to the basket and the defense is going to have to stretch just a little bit, just a little bit, but that might be enough. And his shot has always looked good to me. It's a little awkward catapult like, but it just looks like yeah, KG. That's the first thing I thought it. when I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with Robert Williams taking jump shots. I think, like you said, it can only be when the timing is right because, like, let's not experiment too much, right? I would like to see the Celtics, for one, run the old elbow curl plays they used to run for Avery Bradley for Rob. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we're going with. (laughs) Because defenses won't know what hit him. They'll be so surprised. They'll be like, oh, I thought he was going to catch a lob. What's this? Maybe. I I don't know. That could be the same effect as the zone has on the Celtics. Like, they just don't know what to do with it. They'd be like, what, what is this that they're doing? They aren't supposed to do this. And they the defense will just melt. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate it. I mean, obviously. Also could be good against breaking the zone. Just, just yeah. add on to a serious part of that point. <laughs> if Rob can make shots from the free throw line consistently, tougher to play zone. It's true. It, it That's obviously true. And I... Uh... And he's a free throw shooter. 
you're gonna dislike me for this. I'd rather him practice threes than mid range shots. I know that's crazy, and you got to work. Well, I think your way he did out, that. But like, fine, plus you also have fine. to start somewhere. Also true. I, I, and for all the people who are gonna inevitably come in the comments and say, "Oh, judge analytics skill, take a mid range shot." It's just more realistic, right? Like you see the evolution of bigs like Brooke Lopez and stuff. Like they, they didn't like Aaron Baines. Like you didn't see them take a couple seasons to hit mid range shots, right? Maybe they mixed a couple in, but. They went out to the three, and if if Robert Williams takes jump shots in a game, obviously I think they will be in the mid range because that's just where he hangs out. Like he'll be at the dunker spot, he'll step back a little bit, not like a step back jump shot, but he'll take a step back. Yeah, hard the hardened step back. Yeah, right. But I wouldn't mind seeing him take a couple threes, a couple middies next season, uh, especially because the rest of the bigs on the team can do it. So maybe he can just sort of develop it a little bit too. Uh, well, I it, it'll be interesting for him. It kind of makes more sense to take mid range shots because it's. If he's taking mid-range shots, it's not taking him out of his game. To your point of he's in the dunker spot. Yes. He's already sense. there. If he's on the three-point line, he's no longer a threat underneath, at least for X amount of seconds True. until he takes a step in and is cutting, right? No, you're right. If he's right. in the mid-range already, he can do both. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I agree with that, and I, I understand that line of thinking. Uh, I'll be curious to see – if they break it out, I, I doubt they'd run plays for it, but I could see the Celtics like saying, okay, let's run this play where Rob is standing in the mid range. And that's like an option for them. Um, and it's not, I mean, obviously that is the one glaring hole in his game. So you'd like to see him working on it. Yes. Good for Rob. Hopefully you can, uh, it is you know, summer off season video season. Eyes emoji. We have nothing else to do. Ben Simmons kicked it off when he had his muscles looking real big. Is that this year? And, or is that last year? Yeah, just so you know, Ben Simmons in the, is in the gym working. Of course, this is this is his time to shine, Sam. This is his. This time. is the only time of year he likes to play basketball. <laughs> this is Ben Simmons' time of year. Uh, all right, next thing we have here uh, is Justin Bean, one of my fave fan favorites of summer mm. league. Not going to be with the Celtics next year. He signed with Alba Berlin, uh, broke the news on Twitter, appeared in all the Celtics Summer League games. Sam wrote on the sheet, will the Celtics be able to recover from this? Will I be able to recover from this? Uh, I think it sucks. I, I mean, I would have liked to see him at least get a training camp spot, compete for that 15th final roster. I think he was he was one of the better Summer League guys. Am I surprised? No. I, I think this is a better opportunity for him than being the 15th man on a roster. He's never going to get minutes. Uh, so if anything, this kind of proves he was probably – I don't want to say too good to be the 15th man, but he wanted to play more at the very least. Uh, so yes. Yeah. He's gone. See it's later. a win for Justin Bean. He probably got paid. He didn't share how much he's making, but he did share the news to his Twitter account today. And he appeared in all the summer league games for the Celtics averaged just under eight points, just under four rebounds, assist and a half per game. And his splits were good at 53.3 and 46.2 from deep. He certainly looked comfortable. It was something that you pointed out plenty of times as the summer league was going on. And it was what impressed you so much was his ability just to be ready and to do the little things right. So he's going to go play in Europe, which people kind of downplay, but people also want a vacation to Europe. So he doesn't have it that bad. He's playing in a major city. He's not going to be in like Yugoslavia. He's in Germany. He'll be absolutely fine. And hopefully for him, he gets a nice role and an opportunity to continue to grow his game. Who knows? He could go over there, play a season or two, and then come back, not to the Celtics, but to any NBA team and earn a real spot. It could be very good for him. A great opportunity, like you mentioned. Yeah, Justin Bean. How old is he? Justin Bean, is he 25, 24, 26? Okay, 26 years old. Maybe not that. 
Well, I, I, I don't know if we'll ever have a big role in the team. He, he looks comfortable. He just looks like a guy who can do all the right things. But uh, I think overseas is probably more of a home for him because he'll just... He had great numbers. Those summer league numbers are good numbers. Those yeah, are Grant Williams' fun. regular season numbers in the summer league. <laughs> That's foul. No wonder <laughs> why you like him. Yeah. You're not wrong. There's that. But, uh, yeah, interesting at the very least. Um, see you later. All right, this next thing. Sam, you put this on here. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Would you like to lead it off? I, I don't yes. exactly know the context. So this is something I've seen going around over the last couple of days. I believe we kind of missed it on the last show. So Maxwell Lewis played summer league for the Lakers. He was somebody that signed a two-way deal. The Lakers drafted him at number 40 overall. And before that, they were the family was unsure if Lewis would be drafted Played for Pepperdine. He played out of Pepperdine, and the LA Times did a story on him, and it was written that his family had gotten a call that the Celtics were interested in him. And the father says, what flashed my mind is I don't know if I can wear a Boston jersey, but I'll take it. Then the phone call came from Palinka, a roster spot. Not a two-way deal was what the Lakers planned on offering. Soon after, the Lakers made the pick at number 40 a dream that once too impossible came true. So it was a thank God. I don't have to play for the Celtic story. Anthony Davis's dad <laughs> wins again. Yeah. And uh, Maxwell Lewis winds up being a Laker. Jack, do you have his summer league stats? Uh, I can find it quickly. I'm on spot track, but I can Google uh, Maxwell Lewis real GM real quick because I have a tab open there too. Uh, are, is this something you put on here? Cause you were mad at, it or you just thought it was interesting. Well, it's July. Okay, sure. Uh, I just wasn't sure if this was a story. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if this was a screw this guy thing or it was just like a, uh, little... a little bit. Yeah, we can root against him. Sure. I understand it. I'm not going to like LeBron's getting old. I'm going to need new guys to root against soon. <laughs> it's whatever. I get it. Like if you are if you grew up in in Boston and the Lakers offered you a contract, your dad would probably be like, "Come on. Just wait for something else." You know what I'm saying? But uh Yeah. Maxwell Lewis played 20 minutes in five summer league games. He averaged 5.4 points, hmm. uh, four rebounds, 1.4 assists on 32% shooting from the field and 16% shooting from deep. So not Off the most efficient start. <laughs> you can just imagine the Rip Bozo guy, mm-hmm. the picture of the guy at the funeral. That's that's me. Yeah. That's how I feel after reading this. Justin Bean outplayed this guy <laughs> in summer league. <laughs> That's foul. Yeah. Uh, he's 20 years old, six foot seven. He's a good defender. I he think might not even get to wear a Lakers jersey. <laughs> no, Maxwell Lewis, he's on a standard deal, so he he will get to wear a Lakers jersey. Well, he might not get to show people that he's wearing a Lakers jersey. Sure. He might only get to wear the super cool warm-up. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's fine. I, it's an interesting story. I see why you put it on here. Uh, Maxwell Lewis was a guy. I, I think he's a guy mentioned by Tyler Rucker when he's on our draft show as a guy rising aboards him and Ben Shepard. I think were two guys that were like borderline first talents to him. Maybe I'm misquoting here, but uh, interesting. Interesting that he he chose the Lakers. I, at the same time, though, I get it. It does feel like there's more of an opportunity to maybe earn minutes on a team like the Lakers and the Celtics, right? Because the Lakers. I think the Lakers and the Celtics have very similar goals. I don't know if that's true. I know, but. I think with the Celtics, you can clearly see who the eight guys that are getting minutes are. But like with the Lakers, right? Like, like let me let me take a look at their roster real quick. It, it just feels like you could find a place in the rotation if you worked hard enough, right? Because like Austin Reeves, 
<clears throat> obviously LeBron Davis, Austin Reeves, uh, Anthony Davis, but they like they lost Malik Beasley. They they, they retained uh, what's his name, um, uh, Austin Reeves, but Beasley's gone and Lonnie Walker's gone. So like rotation pieces are gone. Like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Hachimura, Reeves, Gabe Vincent, Jared Vanderbilt. Past that, you're talking about competing with like Max Christie, Cam Reddish, and Jalen Hood, Shafino, the rookie. Like <clears throat> there there is a pathway for you to earn maybe 15 minutes a night there on the Celtics. Like. Who are you gonna get minutes over, right? Like Celtics are still one of the deepest teams until it, it counts. Then no one can play. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh I, I mean good for Maxwell Lewis. I, I I don't have anything against him. It's July, like yeah. this is just sixteen percent from three. Good for him. <laughs> All right, last Celtics thing we have for today. Uh Celtics have a final roster spot, and since we keep saying it, it is July, so we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. Do you wanna yep. you wanna leave it's this? It's one off? of the few unknowns that we have left to kick around. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Keith Smith, said this. Was this from his podcast, the uh, NBA this Front Office pod? all of the things on here from Twitter. Okay, perfect. So Keith Smith said, I talked to two different teams this morning and both independently mentioned that they are monitoring the Thunder and what happens with the roster. One exec told me, quote, some good players are going to get cut from OKC and we all need to be ready to jump at what happens. Then Bobby Kravitsky, uh, another friend of the show, detailed the importance of keeping an eye on the Thunder's roster trimming moves, floated Jeremiah Robinson Earl as a potential Celtics candidate. Robinson Earl, JRE, who averaged seven points on 35% from deep, 23, 6, 9, can defend. And then I added a couple more things here about the Spurs. And actually, while we've been recording, I've popped up a few other teams that have more than 15 guys on their on their roster. So we can look around and see. Uh, and I, I feel like this is a big reason why you leave that 15th spot open because like stuff can shake loose. I put an example here. Trendon Watford doesn't have an NBA contract. Trendon Watford's a good player. <laughs> like I, I don't know why like he's not a, signed. Uh, pinata situation. <laughs> Like, you're just waiting to pick up all yeah. the candy. You know what's funny? Trenton Watford is, I'm just going to miss, not misquote here, 22 years old, and it feels like he was cut so the Blazers could potentially make a move to build around Dame. And then Dame was like, see ya. And now Trenton Watford's without a job. Trenton Watford averaged 7.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 2 assists on 56% from the field and 39% from deep last year. Like, it's a really good player. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is Dame essentially laid him off. Potentially. <laughs> like Dame Maybe. is the evil executive and he's like, yep. All right. Get ready kinda. to go on unemployment, buddy. Kind of. Yeah. Not a, not, not a fun time to be trying to Watford, but uh, the Thunder are the team most half loaded because they do have a lot of players on the roster. I think they currently have 20 players on the roster, which is the off season max. Um, <clears throat> so we, we can go through, take a look at some players uh, on the Thunder, take a look at some players on these other teams uh, that I found around the league that have multiple players that might need to get cut and see if there's anybody the Celtics could scoop up. All right, starting with the Thunder then in that case, like I said, they do have 20 guys on the roster right now, which is the wow. offseason max. So they, uh, <laughs> they've got some work to do. Uh, I don't really want to read all 20. You want me to read all the players or uh, like maybe I'm not just read. the ones that could be, uh, it could be like, a, so it feels like Rudy, Bay, Rudy Gay, probably not going to be on the team. That just seems like an obvious one, even though it's six million, or maybe they do keep hey, it for a trade. One. Uh, I don't. Well, Davis Bertans, I don't think would get released. I don't think they want to pay that money, so he'll probably be on the team, so we don't have to count him. I think they just signed Jack White, so I don't think they'd let him go. Robinson Earl is one who they could let go. I, I think that's a chance. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, would they let Aaron Wiggins go? Mm. Like. I feel like they'd be more apt to let a Victor Oladipo go for all that money. 
but I don't know. Even Guzman in that case, Gu- would you want Oladipo on the South? Actually, he's he's not going to play this season. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, Usman Garuba and Ty Ty Washington are two others. I'd probably be out on Ty Ty, but Usman Garuba is like a solid defender. He he's pretty athletic for the big man spot. He's a bit undersized, but like you bring him in to be that fourth, fifth, you know, fourth big with Lou Cornette. Like I wouldn't hate it. He's still young. He's still only how old is he? It doesn't say here, but I, I know he's still like. 21 yeah he's 21 years old he's fine right okay, like he's see, just too shorter, many picks they have too well they traded for him he, he was on the rockets last year uh but that's another one like they're really crunching the roster spots now because like shay Beartown's dort chet oladipo micha chuchi they just signed is six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen and then for the 15th spot, they have Usman Garuba, Ty Ty Washington, Jalen Williams, the center, Isaiah Joe, Robinson Earl, Aaron Wiggins, and Jack White. And like lumped in there are some pretty good players who have played. You real think Isaiah the Joe is on the block at all? I think there's a chance. I feel like they'd try to keep him, but they would have to let go of somebody. Like, I think they let go of Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, Rudy Gay. That's three. And then at that point, you have to let go of two of. Victor Oladipo, maybe they'll let him go, so maybe that's four. But then you're looking at Robinson Earl, uh, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, and then Jalen Williams, and I don't think they're letting go of Jalen Williams the center. So it'd probably be one of Joe, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, or Aaron Wiggins at that point. Um, so Robinson yeah, I Earl mean, is my chance. favorite or of the bunch. Trey Mann. Bobby Kravitsky sold me. I think Trey Mann is another one who they could potentially let you go. You think so? <clears throat> I, Didn't I he saw... just ball out for them in the summer league? He did, but I can't remember where I saw this on Thunder Twitter or whatever. I saw somebody say saying something along the lines of like Trey Mann is playing for his contract right now or something. So like he might have been, but he might have won. I know, but might have earned the contract. But they just drafted. I mean, if I'm aware of it, then he probably earned the contract. But they just drafted Case and Wallace too, and they already have Gildas Alexander. They already have Giddy. Case and Wallace played really well, and Jalen Williams. Like they already have some pretty good guards on the roster. So I don't know. It's question mark. I wouldn't mind JRE. I think Robinson Earl is probably up there for me too. He's he's a good player. Um, he just seems like he'd be the most yeah. ready to help them out. He can shoot the three. He's mm-hmm. probably a little bit worse than Brissett, maybe. Uh, he's undersized. They're, it's hard to compare them because they're different positions. Okay. But I don't know. He's intriguing at the very least. He's played well. The Spurs are another team who, could, who have to let somebody go. They have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 players on the roster. Feels like the guys who are probably going to shake loose. It, well, 17 players, and they haven't signed Dominic Barlow, so it feels like it could be 18. They maybe have to let go of three, or they signed him to a two-way deal. Feels like Kem Birch probably going to go. Are we out on Kem Birch? Don't need him. <clears throat> okay. Uh, maybe Devonte Graham gets let go. He walks wow. again. Meh, not in on that. Don't um, really care for that but either. You don't need pass more. that like Charles Bassey. Would you want Charles Bassey on the team? He's fine. He's a big man. He played well for the Spurs last year. Uh, Jerry is still probably the best. Uh, Charles Bassey, 22 years old, uh, averaged 5.7 points and 5.5 rebounds in. 15 minutes for the Spurs last year. Like, whatever. <laughs> he he shot 37% from three, but he took like no shots. He took, let me see what that that is. He he shot or his totals. Yeah, he shot three of eight from three. <laughs> so hey, that's go. not bad. Fits my agenda. Shoot less threes. Yeah. 
Uh, Charles Bassey's fine. Him and Jerry both like. Okay I think regardless of who you pick up, it's going to be a little bit of a project. Jerry yeah. might be more lineup ready just based on the experience he had. He had a decent statistical season with the seven point two points on the thirty five percent from deep. Definitely mm-hmm. something you can deal with and work with, especially off the bench. I mean, who knows what that bench rotation is going to look like with the Celtics? It's one of the bigger yeah. question marks heading into. I guess training camp in two months. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is getting minutes? It's true. Celtics blog. I mean, not Celtics blog. The Athletic Jay King put out an article about the rotation, and he's second guessing himself all over the place in there. He does. He's talking about how he's crossing out things and all that. It's a big like puzzle. Mm-hmm. Of definitely should Pritchard be the eighth guy? Should it be Hauser? They just signed Brissett. If you add in JRE, that's even more. Jordan Walsh is giving you questions now after Mm -hmm. Summer League. Like, I guess for the regular season, you can play more than eight. It's not the most important thing to cut it to eight. But even then, it's like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't, I'm not convinced Pritchard's going to get a lot of minutes. I think he gets a decent amount of run. I think he gets a lot of run in the regular season. I think he'll hit like 20 minutes a game. I think maybe at this point they have to play him just in (laughs) the sense of, Get his value up before the deadline mm. if you're not going to bring him back. Mm. But wouldn't you rather just roll out more size? Like keep one of Brogdon or White on the floor at all times. And if not, then just keep Tatum out there to be the guy that has the ball. You may Maybe, do that. I think you value the shooting too of Pritchard, right? Like none of none of those well, guys those with guys size. Can shoot like, too. I know, but when you say roll out more so size, you're probably thinking like I know, but like Jordan Walsh, uh O'Shea Brissett, Donovan, like none of them Walsh, are the best shooters. 40 some so. percent in the summer league. Don't sleep. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, I think he gets some run. Uh, the Wizards are another team that has like Jordan Poole guys in the roster. <laughs> you know, uh, th- but I, I assume they'll probably let go of Gallinari and Muscala. So the Celtics couldn't sign them. Uh, Claim. You can't bring them back. That would be um, the most fire thing ever is just unload guys and then just <laughs> sign them for nothing. Yeah. 30, 40, 50. The Clippers have 16 guys in the roster right now. So they will have to wait let till they get go. hardened. <laughs> yeah, this is true. They'll have less at that point. But they signed uh, Kobe Brown to a real deal, but that means like Jason Preston, Brandon Boston, and Amir Coffey are guys who are probably on that bubble. Like, barring a trade where they send out more than they get back, like I'm not saying the Celtics should sign any of those guys, but those fall under the category of an interesting prospect or project, I should say. Um, so, like, fine. The best the was Hawks... when Boston scored like 27 points against the Celtics or whatever it was that time when they were out at Staples, and yeah. That was like half his season total in points. <laughs> yeah. And it was all yeah. against the Celtics. Like, that's the kind of thing that's like, what is happening? And mm. with the trends that you've seen this summer, that'd be the least surprising move for them to make after signing O'Shea Brissett, Porzingis, who lit them up in April. Like, mm. just bringing in all these guys that have had games against them in the past. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah. I see the, I see the movement, Brad, protecting yourself from the Celtics killers. Good Might job. as well go get Ish Smith, trade for Ish Smith, get him back. Ish Smith on uh, championship experience. These guys <laughs> need someone to lead them. It's true. This is true. The uh the Hawks have 16 players in the roster. That feels like it'll be like City a Vit, Bay. Vit free trade exception. No, no. It'll probably be like a Vit Cretchy release or a Tyrese Martin. Uh the Grizzlies have 17 players, and their roster is deep enough where anybody they let go is probably gonna be on. You right. get smart like, back. Easy. <laughs> get out of here. Uh Isaiah Todd probably gets released, but they have to release one more pass. That and like, I don't think they're releasing Kenny Lofton Jr. 
They should. That'd be fire. <laughs> I'd be all like in that. on Kenny Lofton Jr. if the Celtics <laughs> signed him. He's a dog. You've seen him in the past. Body Wemby, who's supposed to be the next big, best thing. Mm. I mean, put him in there against Kenny Lofton Jr. Welcome to the league, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Xavier Tillman, Santi Aldama, John Conchar, Josh Christopher seems like the most likely to get that X because they just traded for him in the Dylan Brooks thing. All right, and then the last team that has too many players is actually the Nuggets. The Nuggets have Jokic. 15 players. Well, they actually have they actually have 15 and then two guys on training camp contracts, so they should be okay, fine cool. uh, unless one of those guys earns a contract. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, JRE is probably my favorite unless the Grizzlies let go of an actual player. I think Trenton Wadford would be pretty cool too. Uh, and then Charles Bassey out of San Antonio is fine, but I don't know. Wadford's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I like Wadford I, tru- I truly believe that. He's just young enough to wear mm-hmm. – Okay, Horford's getting old. You need somebody to kind of be the backup once he's done. Why not? Why not take a flyer on somebody like that? It's not the dumbest thing yeah. ever. It's just covering really your ass like for a couple years down the road. Like this is the aspect of the Grant move that I was like, I don't know how much I like this because down the line you're going to miss Grant. Yes. It's facts. There there is no arguing it. Once Horford ages out, you're going to miss Grant. The question is can you replace Grant in that window? If so, then you don't miss Grant. But if you don't, then yeah, you're screwed. And you're like, wow, we gave up that guy for nothing when we could have kept him and had a little bit of extra cap room because of his slot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. It's a dangerous game. I think you're, you're losing that. Not only you're losing a rotation player, but you're using the youth of Grant Williams, right? Like yeah. he's a younger player. They screwed up. Definitely. Jack is, uh, I think so. <laughs> I think so. All right, but that was just interesting. Some players the Celtics could bring on board. Let's let's move on to the NBA section. Uh, change the background. Yeah. Uh, so, would you like to explain this Draymond Green thing to me? I have no idea. Yes. So we have beef today, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a season long, just brewing process, boiling process <laughs> for the yes. Draymond Green Jordan Pool feud. Pool was punched in the face in the preseason practice. The video came mm-hmm. out. Steve Kerr cited this as an incident that compromised the Warriors season, which was quite literally a roller coaster where they were like nine and 32 on the road or something like that. Crazy to end the season. They could not win <laughs> yeah. games on the road. They were uh-huh. in the middle of a title defense where they just couldn't play away from Chase Center. They go in the playoffs. They upset kind of Sacramento in the first round as the lower seed, go crashing out against the Lakers. And it all comes out. And now you've seen the first month, month and a half of the offseason. Jordan Poole is no longer a warrior. He had a terrible season by his standards, especially in the playoffs where he just went into an absolute meltdown. Couldn't play. Averaged like 10 points a game. He was getting left off the floor just because they couldn't put him out there and rely on him. Draymond Green uh, today, the Pat Bev pod, He made an appearance on today's episode. He said to Pat Bev, I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time. Explaining. He didn't just go out there and punch him for no reason. He thinks this dude's been annoying for a while is essentially what he said. He continued. (laughs) Usually you ain't just triggered by something that fast to that degree. This is a team. Ain't nobody on my team triggering me in an instant. More to that. Dialogue, of course, happens over time, he says. Again, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. So he's essentially hinting, hey, 
Jordan Poole crossed the line in some way to get punched sure. in the face. That was the straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back. We know things that you have to stand on. Remember that. That's important. As I've admitted before, I was wrong in the way I handled it, which he has, for the situation and where we are. The team's lack of success after winning a title. But I'm a man at the end of the day, and I stand on things. Remember that. And there are certain things you have to stand on. Draymond doing a ton of standing up should find himself a seat. Now, why is this so interesting? Why are we talking about this today? Well, if you didn't know, Jordan Poole's dad opened up Twitter yesterday when the Pat Bev pod shared a clip of essentially what that long form response from Draymond was as a teaser for the episode. And he said, I'm going to stand on this, that it's some BS. He said in a now deleted tweet, I believe it's deleted. Oh, it's no longer, it's not deleted. I'm sorry. Very wrong about that. It was a reply. So if you go to his page, you have to search that way. Gotcha. Jordan Poole was his guy and he avoided me all last year. He's a soft ass bitch and I'm standing on this and he didn't apologize to me and my wife. So he lame and me and him can meet anytime he want. Well, so he, is, he has officially challenged Draymond Green to a fight. And then to wrap <laughs> this part of the Draymond saga up, Draymond responds, that's so cute. It's impossible to avoid you in an arena for a year, champ. I got to get my family from that family room every game. Stop using those words. They usually don't go over well amongst men. So little interesting. I mean, the two obviously yeah. don't like each other, Draymond and Jordan Poole. The story came out after Poole was traded that they instantly unfollowed each other on social media. This goes to show you how much they can shield things that are actually happening midseason, where everybody downplayed it, then the season ends, and it compromised the season per Steve Kerr, and Draymond understood it. And Draymond, just all over Twitter today, blasting everybody. There, if you are on Twitter, is the NBA Central account. Now, the NBA mm-hmm. Central account is fantastic. It does a lot of aggregation of news. So if you don't have time to dive into all the posts from insiders or perhaps Bleacher Reports, Mock Trades, anything along those lines, they've got you covered. The problem now that Elon has uh, taken over Twitter is the credibility. <laughs> the credibility yes. tends to take a bit of a hit. So there was yeah. a fake NBA Central account. I believe it was at NBA Central, no R. <laughs> and it posted a fake quote from KG. It was cited from KG's Showtime show with Paul Pierce. I pull up the Twitter and it ruins my lighting. And it says, Kevin Garnett calls out Draymond Green. Draymond punching JP is like a senior punching a freshman who's half his size and then incorrectly spelled it says then walks around talking himself up as if he's like that come on try me dre cites the showtime <laughs> basketball Draymond green gets got by the fake nba central which isn't even trying that hard because even like the twitter name you can set that isn't your at is nba central like it's obviously a troll and he goes i tried you when i was a rookie kg and you started talking to yourself like i wasn't talking to you What's that like? The freshman picking on a senior citizen that's double his size? And then KG quote tweeted, blame yeah. Elon Musk, and Draymond has since re, uh, not retweeted, deleted, deleted the tweet. It. Well, 
Draymond's like response to the fake G- KG code doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it like uh, well, K- it kind of does. Like he's Draymond like, says, "I was talking to you, and you just started talking to yourself like I wasn't there." What is that like? That's like he's just fucking ignoring you because he didn't care about you. What do yeah, you mean? What you don't have that? his respect yet. <laughs> yeah, what? Like I don't get it. I, the whole thing's so weird. I mean, I get why Jordan Poole and Draymond Green don't like each other. My question is now. Does the NBA have the windy fingers here? Does the NBA have the balls to put Warriors Wizards on Christmas? No. (laughs) And it's not even the balls thing. It's like people only kind of care. Like, I'm sorry, nobody's tuning in for the Wizards. This is true. I'm tuning in. This is a game that will be on national TV. I hope. Make no mistake, but it will not be a Christmas Day game. I would hope it's on national TV. Final answer. I need to see it. I'm very excited. Uh, it's weird. I, I get why Jordan Poole's dad doesn't like Draymond. Yeah. I get why Draymond I, doesn't I like understand. them. If, if I if I punch somebody or, or I got punched or my kid got punched, I probably wouldn't like the opposition either. Whatever. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Jordan Poole's on the Wizards. Draymond Green's on the Warriors. Who cares? Uh, but th- that's that. And the KG thing f- is just funny. <laughs> the players are getting got by the fake accounts too. Uh, all right. That can wrap that up. The next oh. thing we have. Oh, do we have an update to Hold this, on. or is this new? Is this new news, or is this Draymond news? No, this is Draymond, because I just Googled it. Yeah, hit me. So Draymond, after this happened, apparently said that he apologized to the family, and he did not. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? I didn't know that that was a wrinkle to this. Right after the Jordan Poole punch, he said, I've apologized to Jordan Poole, his family, and the team. <laughs> wow. And now the dad is saying, you never talked to me. So, like... <laughs> bit weird <laughs> that's yeah. the weird part yeah exposed yeah definitely sorry i i learned slow <laughs> no yeah yeah no you're good uh all right we have james harden news uh because of course we do again you set up the show sheet today so would you like to, to lead me through this yes okay so jake fisher posted an article today a little bit inside the philadelphia 76ers situation i guess we'll go in reverse on this or at least start at the bottom of the show sheet because this is the quickest one He leads Mm -hmm. the article with Embiid, and the first anecdote Fisher shares is that Embiid told him that he felt Sixers fans wanted him traded back in December. Okay, good. (laughs) Get him out. Yeah. And this is all kind of in response to Embiid saying he'd like to win a championship somewhere, right? If he has to go somewhere else, he has to go somewhere else. But James Harden only wants to play for the Clippers. This is kind of not new, but... Fisher says, let's be clear, no matter what the Sixers' wishes are, Harden still intends to play for the Clippers during the 2023-24 season, league sources told Yahoo Sports. So, he's still dragging his feet. He's trying to pick his own destination when he opted into the final year of his contract with Philadelphia instead of going to sign somewhere else. Mm. Fisher continues, since the beginning of this subplot, Harden and his representation opted in to pinpoint Los Angeles as his next destination and have maintained confidence, he will ultimately join the Clippers. There has been no substantial trade conversation for Philadelphia regarding Harden and any other team, sources said, as rival front offices have been briefed on Harden's unwavering focus on the Clippers and the Clippers alone. Sixers have held talks with their teams and established their high asking price for the league's assist leader. So, He's really dragging his feet. He has seen yep. the Dame thing and said, look at me. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm yeah, next. me too. 
Exactly. Yeah, I want pick my destination too. Yep. Yep. The thing is, is he could have did that as a free agent. Yeah, except he couldn't have gone to the Clippers, which is what he wants. So he's trying to make his he own could have. things. How badly and do you want it? I guess sure. you don't want to go that bad. I am less annoyed about the Dame thing than I am about the James Harden thing. Because as much as you don't like the way Dame has gone about it, at least you understand the fact that like he's gone through the whole, okay, I'm going to be this team. James Harden well, Also, this flip-flopped. isn't this is time number four for Harden. That's what I'm saying. He's just kind of flip-flopped back and forth and back and forth. Like as much as Dame stuff's annoying and I don't like, it's annoying to talk about at this point. Like up until two months ago, like I would have told you Dame was one of my favorite players. And at the core, like I still enjoy watching him play and it's whatever, but like he, it, you would have said this a couple months ago too. He's one of the most respectable players. So yes. it sucks to see him go through this, but at least he has the history of being like, whatever he has lit james my harden, respect on fire sure but like I'm james harden for this team james harden never had it so yeah i don't, I don't know. know there it's needs weird. to be a little bit more of uh the contract means something in the nba i don't know how they do it we've kind of texted about this i don't know what the solution is <clears throat> but to the point of the teams can just trade the players anytime they want very true but the players still get paid the money. Like that's the team's end of the deal is that these guys are getting paid, which is why you see Harden yeah. opt it into this deal instead of just being like, I'm going to go play for the Clippers for free. I do understand the whole thing of like, obviously the money thing's there, but like you are completely uprooting somebody's life. Like they are having to move. It's very family. true. They're having to move. It's everything. terrible. So I understand it from that. It's but, part of the game. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. And then you have it on here as well. Daryl Morey said on the radio, basically, if we do look for a trade, it's going to be one of two things. A player is going to help us bring help us be right there like we were last year or going to trade for picks that we can use to turn into a player that can be a running mate with Joel. If we can't get that, then we are not going to do it. And I respect that. Good for him. That's how, uh, as the team executive, he should think. I agree, but I do, I do think that's a dangerous game to play when your other star is speaking like Embiid has been speaking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to not do it. Have, James Harden show up to camp like you did for the Rockets and then waste half a season of Joel Embiid because you're stubborn. I do think Maury should be stubborn, but I only think you can go up to a point. Do you know what I'm saying? Or else you're risking a lot. I know what you're saying, but how much sense does it really make when the alternative is just getting pennies on the dollar for the guy? Well, I, I think you have to also think that help your case with Embiid. If you're just like, here, give me this. And it's not that good. Let's say James Harden didn't, request a trade to the Clippers specifically, right? You could yes. trade him any team. What's the best somebody's giving up for one year of this version of James Harden? That's a great question, isn't it? You could probably get Hero out of Miami, even though I don't okay. know if Miami would actually be a destination, to be clear, because they're so interested in Dane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, who's really trying to make the jump right now? That's the question. RJ Barrett. Could you get RJ Barrett out of New York? Probably. And at that, at Probably, that point, yeah. would you rather RJ Barrett or two of the rotation pieces from the Clippers? Realistically, if you're trying to win right now. To win right now? Exactly. Well, who you, pick, take your pick from the Clippers. Who are you floating? Norm well, Powell and... Norm Powell, Marcus Morris, and Robert Covington. I'd rather have RJ Barrett. Than those three combined? Yes. I, think... I just think you have more of a window with RJ Barrett. There's still hope that he can be better, and I know the question is when now... But, okay, out of those three guys, the only one seriously contributing for you is going to be Norm Powell. Marcus Morris is essentially a negative asset at this point for the Clippers. They're they're trying to get rid of him, yeah. Robert Covington has had an okay couple seasons. 
But as far as Marcus Morris is concerned, everything I've seen is that they just want to get rid of him. He's just averaged like 16 points for them, though. I, I don't know if the getting rid of him is him being bad or him just not wanting to be there anymore. Uh, Actually, he averaged 11 last year, but still, he shot all right. I don't know. It, it's weird because, like, you could also I don't think probably... I'm wrong about that. I think I've read that they don't want him anymore. That's fine. I think I it was part of the Brogdon thing, actually. Like, there was rumblings that Morris would oh, yes, be one of the yes, guys yes. going to Washington. Yes, I remember. I know what you're talking about. Um, You could probably eke out, like, yeah, Norm Powell... Robert Covington, you could probably get Zubach as a backup. Like, that's not bad. I mean, that that's helpful. But they just mm-hmm. signed Paul Reed. I don't care. <laughs> I well, still you should care. With Zubach. the new CBA, like, Ainge dicked them into having to pay this second apron if they kept him around. I know, but I would still rather have Zubach than Marcus Morris, I guess, in that context. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... No debate. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. You could probably eke out like two future firsts of the Clippers and those that being in like 28 Do they and even have picks. <laughs> they can trade their 28 and 2030 okay. first round picks. And by that point, Hey, no, the Clippers are, are up the Creek without a paddle. Regardless, those are probably going to be pretty good team or not. Like, they're screwed. So, they're they're not going to be good down the road. I the and especially in the context of like it's only one guaranteed year of James Harden. I don't know. I really don't know what the value on James Harden is, and we won't know now because he's already said Clippers are nothing. But like realistically, what teams around the league would want James Harden for a package that the Clipper or excuse me that the Sixers would want? Right? Like we just named two: the Knicks and the Heat. Past that, what the Raptors want James Harden? If that, they're not going to give up Anunoby or Siakam for him, and so what? Gary Trent and Chris Boucher, that's just as good as the Clippers and worse picks probably in the long run, right? Like the magic, do they want them? You want John Isaac and Gary Harris. If you're trying to win right now? No. Right. The, the, the are the Kings going to take that risk? Do you want Deandre Ayton? Like I, there's just not, I don't if think there's a no. huge market. <clears throat> do you want Carl Anthony town? So him and Embiid can fist fight every other game. No, no. you don't want like, what, what are we doing there? Like there's the not Mavericks. a lot of good options for Harden. I think you're right. Maybe want, does Atlanta want him? No, no, they already have two they guards. They don't need did, that problem. Do the Mavs want him for Tim Hardaway Jr. and fucking? What about Orlando? Else? Does Orlando have any? Interest I said in Orlando. That? I, I yeah, but at that point, like, would you rather have Gary Harris, John Isaac, and whatever, or the Clippers package with those picks in the future? I'd probably rather have the Clippers package. I think you can eke more out of Orlando than just that. Like what? I wouldn't. I, if I'm Orlando, they have a zillion I, I would, guards. They're gonna. Have I wouldn't to give, give up. Some up they're gonna give up or get Harden back. I don't. I, that wouldn't be worth it for me though. I'd rather just keep developing Suggs than one year That's of Harden. Because Harden, Harden, I hate to break it to you, Harden's not resigning in Orlando. Hmm, There's maybe no he falls shit. in love with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Get out of here! Like the Pelicans, you want Zion? Like yes. maybe? Yeah, I would take Zion for James Harden. Trade one fat guy for another. I guess, but like, would the Pelicans do that? I doubt it. For one year, Harden. Yeah. I don't know. It just it's doesn't feel like Zion who doesn't play for you. You play CJ off the ball. <laughs> I like, guess. I don't know. That's not the worst situation. I don't know if they're going to give up Zion. If you're talking about these, yeah. other, like Orlando, not wanting to give up Jalen Suggs. <laughs> it, uh, my point is like the one year of Harden, like, especially when you know Harden, even if he didn't specifically request the Clippers, like if you're New Orleans, Orlando, you got to be thinking he's not fucking coming back. <laughs> he's not resigning. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely annoying that he's just kind of dictated this way. Phoenix can get him because they just get everybody. And they can do the who's stopping this team graphic again, (laughs) which they did for Bull Bull.
true. All right. We have some Christian Wood news, and then we're going to wrap up and go to the rat list. Um, I just thought this was funny, so I wanted to put it on here. So the Mavs, last podcast, we talked about how the Mavs were like, oh, maybe we'll sign and trade Christian Wood. Jovan, uh, or excuse me, Joe. Jovan Buha of the Athletics. Sorry, I just had a mm. brain fart. Uh, mentioned that the Lakers and the Heat were mentioned as potential Christian Wood destinations because, of course, they are. Did you see what the Lakers potentially were considering? Not a Jared. Using, uh, a Jared Vanderbilt swap. Yeah. I was going to say, do you want me to act like I didn't see the show sheet? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot I put it on there. But like, <laughs> if you're the Lakers, why? <laughs> that sounds bad. Jared Vanderbilt's better than Christian Wood. No. I would rather have Vanderbilt. It just makes sense Agreed. if you're going to play him in small stints. He's going to play defense for you. And he has, at least has like a little bit of an ability to shoot the three, which is all you're going to ask of anybody in that 14th man role. Jerry or, Vanderbilt? Or whatever. What? Jerry Vanderbilt can't shoot threes. He can improve at it. It's a it's one aspect of his offensive game that you need him to be able to do rather than being like, hey, Christian Wood, can you pretty please play any defense for us at all? <laughs> okay. I know what you like, mean. Like the ask is much less. And like the report initially was that they were bringing Wood to be their 14th or 15th guy. Like it wasn't like he yeah. was going to play. So why if would you I'm... give up a guy that was playing real minutes for you at the re- end of the regular season last year for Christian Wood? If I'm the Mavericks, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll do it. You know, why not? Yeah. We'll, we'll give it a chance. <laughs> why why not, dude? Like you're going to give up Wood for nothing. They have no interest in bringing him back. That was not a secret <laughs> before the summer even started. Yeah. His last game was a Mav was very obviously going to be the one where, uh, they sat Luca for almost the entire Slovenia night at, at uh, <laughs> the American whatever yes. center, whichever one it is. Yes, yes. And then the Heat, like, I guess they just want everybody, but like, why? It kind of makes sense. You can roll them out there to shoot threes next to Bam as another big guy. I guess, yeah, you can cover for him because Bam's there. They have two roster spots left, I suppose. You could say so maybe like three people back, I suppose. But I don't know. It's just weird. I I don't love Christian Wood in that spot. I I think Christian Wood is weird. I just he's like, never been on an overly competitive team. Was it you that brought that up to me? Like if you go back and like yeah. look at all the teams he played on, like they, they all suck. He played on the before they were good Bucks, then the Pistons, and then the Rockets, and then Pelicans this year's Mavs team. Stint. Yeah. So like. Meh. I think he needs to go to a team like the Nets where he can be like a solid rotation piece in a play in team and like find a way to impact winning that way. Like playing behind Claxton, Washington. Sure. Fine. Uh, Call me crazy. This is random. I don't. uh, Do you think Washington's going to be the worst team in the league last year in next year? I wanted to ask you worst team in the league last time. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it might uh, Washington be Washington could go one of two, like they could go either way where they're like trying to scrape into the play in depending yeah. on how good pool plays and that's what I'm is saying. Is Bali going to be ready to help them right away? They have how sneaky okay players to be for them. Tyus Jones is on that team. Like they have a sneaky okay team, right? Like it's obviously not good. It's not a playoff team, but like Tyus Jones is a fine NBA player. Jordan Poole is like at his best. He's a borderline all-star, right? Kuzma put up solid numbers last year. Daniel Gafford's fine. Corey Kiss. Like they have okay players, right? Like it feels Who's like your almost early every favorite team to be, to be most the worst. shit team in the NBA. I think Portland's going to be really bad. No matter what they See, do. that's I a weird one too, be because whatever they get back for Dame, could help them and maybe all the smoke around scoot is that he's nasty and he's going to be able to contribute right away 
and they've I got know, Simons, like, they've got Shady and Sharp. Like they have okay pieces there already. I don't mm-hmm. feel like there's any clear cut team that we're going to be like, wow, these guys suck. Toronto, maybe. I think the Bulls might be really bad. Oh yes, Chicago. How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, no, that, I, well, that might be my favorite answer. Even them, like they like as much as we crap on Levine, like they have fine players, right? They're just not like. They're just not the fun, good, like sneaky, good team. They're like a team that probably should be better than they are, but they're not right. Like they'll probably be better than the Wizards. They'll probably be better than the Raptors. Maybe they'll they'll be stuck in that mix. The Nets are a question mark because you don't really know what's going to happen. The Nets. I don't know. It may be the Nets. It may be the Nets. I think you see a few teams bottom out by the the midway point, like the Raptors or the Bulls or the, um, the Jazz are a question mark for me, too. I don't know how good the Jazz are next year. Jazz are a good shout. I'm just like trying to look. I'm like, okay, which team is going to perish? Yeah, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte might be one of them. Charlotte, I think, will be really bad too. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, Christian Wood linked to the Lakers in the Heat. That was just a spin off conversation that I was thinking about. But we can move on to the rat list now. Uh, it is that time of the show uh, for us to bring Matt the rat on the stage. Sam, would you like to kick us off today? Yes. Okay. Uh, rat list, the two co workers I have that. We're just going back and forth on an email chain, replying all. So today I must have got like 10 buzzes to my phone in a row that they were just emailing back and forth about something. Yeah. And there is a reply single person button. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, that way you don't have to annoy everybody that's on the chain. Typically, that's just not how it goes. Or you can do the other thing, which is use the Teams app Mm -hmm. and just message each other there back and forth instead of doing emails. So that's an early rat list, a short story, but it annoyed me today. Tough look. That's a tough look. Mm. Uh, I'll start with the medium straws at Dunkin' Donuts. And this I thought of this one. because I got a medium drink today and they gave me a large straw and I was very happy. W. And I realized it's huge, right? It's great. Yeah, look, I realized that that's because the medium straws have zero. I'm trying to think. They don't. They're bad. They they bend too easily. You go to mix your drink, and if you have sugar, or even if you don't have sugar, they just bend to where you can't mix everything around the edge. Like there's some like there's some structurally sound nature to the the big yes. straws. The small ones just bend too easily, and they're a fine size for a medium, but they're not big enough to stir your drink. And if you do put them down to stir your drink, they're like this much above the top. Yes, they suck. They suck. They're, they're incorrectly they're sized. Too short. Get rid of the medium straws. Just do all large straws for every drink, unless it's like a small drink. But if you order, yeah, a small I don't drink, see any need for multiple size straws. If you order a small drink at Dunkin' Donuts too, then no, you want the diesel straw. Exactly. That way you don't exactly. have to lift it as close to your face. You're doing less work. Agree. You need the big straw, anyways. Ratless medium straws at Dunkin'. Ratless restaurants that are closed. I have on Monday, but I guess any just mm-hmm. random day of the week where you're just not open. Rat I've list. seen Tuesday a lot. Tuesday's a big yeah. day that people close. Like, why? Monday, I was trying to, like, find a Thai place to eat. And, like, everywhere was closed. I was like, what is going on? I'm not mm. going to be able to find. I luckily did find somewhere. But there was one place that we always go to. It was closed Monday. And also, just to add on to this, there were a bunch of places that decided they wanted to close for, I don't know, a million days after the 4th of July and be like, we're just, we're not open this week. Why? Yeah, why? <clears throat> get over it. Open. Take my money. I don't get, I don't like the surprise we're not open. Just be Agree. open every day. Agree. Uh Ratless construction, <clears throat> any construction Agree. that's done during daylight hours, stop. Like just uh, ridiculous. I, I sat now, in I'd imagine you're talking about on the road. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm I'm driving this is, somewhere. This is my number one uh, viewpoint up on any issue. I would say Maybe it's up there. I, I'm turning onto a road and I just it's like bumper to bumper traffic. Just it's not like a highway yeah. or anything. It's just Agreed. a random road in my town because people are doing construction. It, it's, you know it's when it's you terrible. should do construction is when people aren't on the roads. <laughs> do it at night. Do it at night. Yeah. Get over it and and fuck off. Like it's so yeah. irritating. Don't inconvenience all of us. Agree. Minor Same thing with the T's. Maybe a, a bigger gripe for me than actual issues. Potentially. They're up there. <laughs> All right. What you got? Anything That's else? The perks of being dumb. Uh, last one. Ratlist turkeys. Mm. Turkeys are terrifying. Yes. I was out for a run yesterday <laughs> and I saw a pair of turkeys on the same side of the road as me and I immediately went to cross. And the reason why the turkeys are on the rat list is not because they were in my way, but it was because I was so concerned with the turkeys that I wasn't paying attention and clipped a telephone pole. Oh, and I, I definitely like have like a bruise on my leg. It's nothing (laughs) serious, but it like, it feels like my leg is super tired and tight all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not a great feeling. And turkeys have no business being as menacing as they are. And to add on to that, I'm lucky. I'm in Rhode Island. I'm pretty sure, like, if it comes to it, I can take the turkey out. But in Massachusetts, it's illegal to kill turkeys. Is I it? I, I'm pretty sure it is. I believe you. That sounds right. I didn't know I'm that. I'm going though. to Google this while we, we uh, I'll I'll pile on to that. Bradless geese. Geese suck. I'm sorry. Geese are terrible. And this is mainly because I golf and they're always in the golf course. They are scary. Have you seen a geese? A geese's teeth. A goose's no. teeth. Oh, we're about to. So if you're watching on YouTube. By the um, way, you need a license to hunt turkeys. If you've never seen the mouth of a goose, you tune in to the uh, video. Sam, this is what their mouth looks like. You're, you're about to have a new fear. Hold on, uh, take Matt the uh, Rat off the screen yep. and be ready to never look at geese the same way. There you go. That's the mouth of a goose. Those are teeth. Oh. They're rabid animals. That rabid almost looks goose. like like the venom teeth on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Geese are awful. I hate wow. them. They get mad at you so easily. They have teeth on their tongues. Oh, terrible. What a awful. what a uh, like evolution thing for your species to get his teeth on the tongue. Right. And and if they have their kids with them, they'll just hiss at you and run at you. It's 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 bad. Geese are terrible. They're terrifying. Don't like them. <laughs> bad uh, and then my my last rat list people at chipotle my friend that i went to chipotle today and you know how they have the the like pickup shelves yes someone just took our order oh and so we got I'm there surprised this doesn't happen more often actually yeah I, yeah we got there the lady was just like i just put it up there what do you mean it's not there and she was like someone must have took it and i saw this is funny because a couple days ago i saw a meme and it said shout out to to covid because if it wasn't for covid we would never have the free shelf at chipotle <laughs> It's true. There's this <laughs> the app called show. Too Good to Go where you uh, like yeah. get a mystery bag. Oh, are you aware of it? Uh, you told me about it, yeah. Oh, okay. I've talked about it. But like, you get like free, not free stuff, but significantly discounted stuff. And like they just give you whatever's left. <clears throat> That's essentially the Chipotle version of this. You're just gambling and you pick up your mystery bag of food. I guess you can even see what the order technically was. Yeah. But, oh man, I'd be so mad if I showed up. But I I never do like the mobile pickup order. I just go and I go through the line. Tell you what, 
I went to Chipotle on Sunday night after basketball. Luckily, it was open. I was amped. But I go in there and like the workers making tacos. And I think this other person was a manager. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, like, what's that? Is that the mobile order that just came in? And she's like, no, those are for me. And I'm just standing there. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. Did the manager I am the biggest, the like, steal money guy ever for from your job. Like, especially when you're working at, like, Chipotle. Like, do whatever you want. Like, when I was at the nursing home, I was a fiend. Like, I would do whatever yeah. I wanted. Sure. But, I mean, I'm standing right there, dog. Just make my burrito <laughs> and go back to your tacos. Like, you can't What'd even the eat until you're done with me anyway. They'll be hotter. What did the manager say? She was just so mad. <laughs> Oh, did she get mad at the person? Yeah, she like ended up helping me instead of the other one making her own oh, dinner. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. When I was when I worked at a restaurant, we'd always have to like, like we would be able to go into the kitchen and eat a roll, and that was like our break. We didn't get breaks. And then at the end of the at the end of the shift, they would be like, "Okay, you can ask the kitchen for food." But sometimes the kitchen would be mad and they didn't want to make you food, so we just like oh, not yeah. get food. I tough. remember one time. They had mac and cheese, I want to say. And one of the waiters was like ordering it, but getting pink sauce on it. And I asked for like the special make like that. And the guy like flipped out at me. Yeah. The, the cook. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't know. But when I was at the restaurant, <laughs> I used to slam back rolls like it was nobody's business. Yep. Yeah. yeah I was yeah, disgusting yeah. as a fucking bus boy. I would eat fries off plates when I was bringing them back. Oh, yeah. No, no not proud of it. No. Like really gross. But I like the fries. Like, they had, like, the best fries ever. So I would do that sometimes. Not proud of it. I've evolved since. Yeah. The evolution is key. Oh, man. That's tough. Uh, all right. Sometimes I think you go that's... go back and you regroup. <laughs> that's all I got I for the really rest. You got anything place. else? No. That's yeah, it. sure. All right. Well, we can wrap there. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics. Let me change the background real quick. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. We're very, very close to 1,000. We'd appreciate yeah. you helping us get there. What are we at, Sam? Do you know? We are at 977. Refresh. Yep, 977. I see it. Okay. Yes. 977 right now. Help us inch towards there. Make sure to leave us five stars on Apple and Spotify. We appreciate that. And leave a comment on YouTube. That's my favorite thing. Thank you very much. All at Sam, take us out. Yes. Before we go, make sure if you use SeatGeek, it's the summer. You're bored as hell. If you're going to any events, make sure you use promo code HBTC to save yourself $20 on your first purchase. Let us help you go see what you want to see. If you're not going to do that, then at least subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join 977 others. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any breaking news anytime the Celtics do anything. If Jack and I are around, we put a video up lickety split. And we make sure that you guys get all the current information to your inbox as well as our 5 a.m. uploads daily. Like Jack said, Spotify, Apple, you can find us there. Leave a nice review, five stars, nice comments, and follow us there for all the latest full-length pods like this one. You can follow the socials at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. How About Them Celtics, you can find our live streams there as well as the YouTube you can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack's NBA. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Check, Jacko. Come on.